You are Locked On Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Time to lock and load. Time to get control. Time to search for soul and start again. What's up and welcome back to the Locked On Bucks podcast. I'm James Yarko, joined as always by David Harrison. You can find everything that we're doing over at BucksNation.com and make sure you follow along on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JayArco underscore Bucks, and at DH82 underscore Bucks. We are continuing to talk about the Senior Bowl, and we are very excited to bring on the one, the only, Carmen Vitale from Buccaneers.com to talk about the defensive side of the ball over at the Senior Bowl. Carmen, welcome back. Hi, guys. How are you? We are fantastic. How are you? Oh, I'm wonderful. So yeah, welcome back, Carmen. Uh, it hasn't been too long since the last time we talked, but you've been pretty busy uh, traveling from Florida to Mobile, Alabama there. And we talked to Paige yeah. uh, yesterday on yesterday's episode. It was her first trip to Mobile, and I understand it's your first trip to Mobile. So what were your yeah. thoughts just overall of the event and, and everything that Reese's does there and, and just the, uh, the atmosphere? Yeah, we were just a couple of rookies. Um, and funny enough, that was actually the first time Paige and I met in person, which was great. Um, it was one of those where like we had been like Twitter friends and then like we met each other and we're like, you're absolutely as as cool as I thought you were. Like, this is amazing. (laughs) Um, but the event itself is, so I got there Monday and there was an introductory press conference and then the next morning there was media availability. Um, and it's just kind of like this go, 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 but like the mobile as a town, obviously like it's in Alabama and it's you know, not the biggest of cities. And it's just funny that like my hotel was a couple blocks away from the convention center, but it's like on my walk from the hotel to the convention center, I'm walking past like, I mean, honestly, I probably didn't even know half the people I was actually walking past, but it's like, you're walking, like there's GMs and there's head coaches and there's all these scouts. And like the NFL just completely takes over mobile. I mean, anywhere you go, everywhere you go, like you're running into, and you're like, was that, John Lynch walking, he's like, yeah, it was John Lynch that just walked past me. Or like, was that, you know, Freddie Kitchens at the bar? And it's like, yeah, that, that was Freddie Kitchens at the bar. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's just, it's so, it, it's just, it's just hysterical that the amount of access you, you have to um, all of these, like, people that you just don't normally. Um, so that was really cool. I got to meet a lot of good people from scouts to fellow reporters and, like, you know, from all the different teams, um, you know, team writers and everything like that. So the experience itself was great. And then getting to get, you know, access to these prospects, like we have so much stuff coming up as far as draft season goes. So to be able, able to kind of mill around and walk around and just go up to like any of these guys that were there and be like, hey, do you have like have a couple seconds and talk to them for two minutes? Like now I'm going to be doing like prospect profiles and stuff. And I've actually talked to this guy that I'm going to be writing about, you know, prior to all of this kind of happening. So um, they do a really good job of giving you so much access and just letting you kind of make what you want out of the, the week. Uh, so I'm, I'm really thankful to, um, you know, Jim and, and the guys that put on the senior bowl. It's just, it's a really, really cool event. And it was just funny because like when I was, I didn't know that I was going until like a Friday before for sure. And 
people were like, oh, you're going to Mobile, like, have fun. And I'm like, like, they, like it was kind of like, oh, it's Mobile, Alabama, whatever. But I got there and I was like, I feel like, you know, I don't know. I think it's everyone secretly knows it's fun and it's a really cool experience. And yes, it is Mobile, Alabama. The weather is not as good as here in Tampa, but uh, it was a lot, a lot of fun. And it is what, like kind of what you make of it. So I got a lot of great content and met a lot of great people. And I just, it was a really, really fun time. Oh, good. Yeah. I, uh, I know you were, you were hoping to be able to get there. We were excited when we saw that you, that you did get to go and, and sounds like it was one heck of an experience. Um, one of the guys uh, that got a lot of buzz was Delaware safety, Nasir Adderley. What were some yeah. of your observations uh, about how he performed? And and was there any kind of like buzz generating about him from, from people that you heard talking or that talk, you know, spoke specifically to you? Um, yeah. So he, I actually did, he was one of the standouts that I wrote about um, from, from the North team. And it was, there was kind of like this buzz about him, you know, once you started to watch practice, because I, I can't say that I really knew exactly who he was um, during media day, which was prior to all the practices. But then it was after the first practice, everyone kind of like, was like, oh, yeah, Nasir Adderley, like, he's doing really well. And it was like, for it to, for it to go well, the first practice is kind of crazy because, you know, it's their first practice as a team and um, they're not like you know, they're trying to just kind of gain putting that they're taking NFL coaching for the first time, like, you know, especially on defense and stuff and to be able to read what these guys are doing, you know, as a safety um, was pretty impressive. So he also, the thing was too, they had him do a lot of different stuff. So he didn't, wasn't just relegated to the safety position. Um, and they had him in kind of at nickel corner too. And he was really good, like manning up with slot receivers, which, I mean, schematically, slot receivers don't exactly exist in college. I mean, they do, but it's not to the extent that, you know, it happens up at the NFL level. Um, so to have to play that nickel corner slot, that's not something that, that he's really been accustomed to doing. And so he was really able to, you know, man up with these guys. Um, he was he did well in, in, in like, pressing even, uh, whereas in safety, obviously, your, your emphasis is playing in space. Um so he, I mean, he had kind of like first round projections, I think, from some of the, you know, the draft movers, um, but later rounds. But I really think that, you know, he got on the radar of pretty much everyone now uh, after this week or after last week. Yeah, he's definitely a player that I've been keeping an eye on a little bit. And I get a little bit more excited uh, every time I look at him, every time I watch something or even read something about him. Uh, he's, he's definitely becoming one of my favorite players in this year's draft class. I'm not going to lie. And what makes me happy about it, though, is that there's actually some some potential that the Bucks could have their eye on him as well because he happens to fit a position of need. And, and I'm glad you brought up how they were moving him around in the Senior Bowl. Where do you think, just from what you've seen, I know it's limited, but if, if you had to put Nasir Adderley on the Buccaneers roster today and use him in the defense, where would you see him fitting best with, with the guys that are currently on roster and, and, and what we have going on? Yeah, it's hard because um, at the safety position, you know, I'm still a big believer in Justin Evans. Um, I know that he didn't have the year this past year, especially battling that toe injury that he wanted to. Um, and the thing is, like, I've always been really excited, you know, from the jump kind of about Jordan Whitehead. So, like, it's always good to shore up your secondary. And I definitely think that, you know, the Bucks should be looking for safety, like, at safety. But, you know, I don't know that I, like, 
want someone else to come in in place of either of those guys. I still kind of want to see what they can develop into, especially with Jordan, because Jordan towards the end of last year was like, I mean, like the thing is he comes when he comes downhill, like, and he blitzes, like he just runs straight into like guards and tackles. And like, he has absolutely no regard for his own body because he's not the hugest guy in the world. Um, whereas like a guy like Nasir Adderley, like he's a solid, like six foot, 200 pounds. So I could see like, I mean, I, yeah, like I said, I think he did well, um, at, at corner, at nickel corner, but like, I still kind of see him fitting in more as a safety, but at the same time, you know, these defenses are so fluid these days. There's really, you can like, even when you're in your, like your, I think coach used to say like, you know, you're in your nickel, we were in our nickel defense, like 70% of the time or something like that. Um, so, you know, you, you work from your base and, and all that kind of stuff. So I think that I still like would see him as a safety, um, but I would definitely see him as more of kind of like a hybrid defensive back there. I kind of maybe would compare him. I don't know if I'd go so far as comparing him to Andrew Adams, who we had, because um, I think Andrew might be a little bit more solid and might be a little bit more safety linebacker um, hybrid, but I definitely see him doing well at the next level just because of that versatility. The Buccaneers suffered an unbelievable amount of injuries throughout the secondary last year. Of course, losing yeah. Vernon Hargraves in week one. MJ Stewart was on and off the field more often on dealing with injuries. Carlton Davis suffered his fair share. Brent Grimes, yeah, you, Chris Conti, the list goes on and on. So right. with that right. being taken into consideration, where would you say that defensive backs – rank as far as a position of need for the Bucks this offseason? Um, I, I mean, I, I definitely think it is one because, again, with the injuries, um, you need to have guys that are able, that are there to step up, so you need depth. Um, but whether or not that warrants, because, like, I mean, if you're talking to Sierra Adderley, you're now thinking that, you know, it's very possible that he goes in the first round, and it's like, especially with the Bucks having the fifth pick, um, I don't know that you necessarily address that need at five. Um, So that's the only part. So if you trade down and you somehow end up with some later first round picks or if he drops to the second round, like, you know, awesome. That would be, I I would, I would love, you know, to have him on the team. But um, as far as safety goes and and secondary in general, I'm going to say that that's probably, Second, third position groups um, of need, uh, in my opinion. I really do think that when you have the fifth overall pick, you have to take kind of the best player available. Um, and this is a really deep, this is a deep class for safety. Um, it's a deep class for defensive linemen, both interior and ex, you know, on the outside um, defensive ends. So I think that you just kind of see who fall like who who's available at five. So that's a great way to look at it. And I, and I know uh, Lance Zerline today dropped, uh, I don't know if it's his first mock draft of the season, but he dropped a, a mock draft today on NFL.com and, and I read it and he has Quinn and Williams uh, at number five to the bucks there. And then I went ahead and looked mm-hmm. at the rest of the players that were drafted and I got pretty excited because I mean, not, not to say that's going to happen, but you know, just living in, in Lance Zerline's world for, for a moment. Uh, guys like Nasir weren't in the first round. Uh, Julian Love wasn't in the right. first round. 
who are are some other DBs, as you mentioned, and I think most people would agree that the secondary is a position of need to a certain extent, but probably not number one for really anybody. Um, So who are some other DBs that maybe maybe will be available uh, there on day two or even uh, later in day two that that the Bucks might have their, their eyes on? Unofficially, of course. This isn't you <laughs> like telling us what your yes. scouts are saying, but wh- where do you what do you think? <laughs> no, I promise you, I don't have any insider info. So, well, this is anything I do say um, is all my own opinion and what I've observed. Right. Um, so, take it with a grain of salt. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I will say that someone else who really impressed um, in the secondary, at least, was um, Lonnie Johnson, the cornerback out of Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Um, he is massive. So, I actually like talk to him um, on the field after practice one day and he's six three. Uh, I think he's like 206 pounds. I think that's what he, I don't know if that was his roster weight or what he officially weighed in at, uh, but he was over 200 pounds, six, three as a cornerback. So like, if you're thinking about the guys that he's going against, say, you know, the Bucks grab him or, you know, he ends up on the team. I mean, like save for like Mike Evans, who's on your team. Um, like Julio Jones, he's six three. Like um, I don't know who else. Michael Thomas, I think he's six three. So like to have a corner that's matching up like inch for inch with the mm-hmm. receivers that he's going against, I mean that would be huge. And so I real and the thing is like he was so physical. I have never. It was the last day of practice, and he comes down and just like delivered one of the biggest hits that I've seen from a cornerback and the entire crowd, you could hear everyone just go, Oh, like <laughs> people like, were people that were only like half paying attention. Their heads just like snapped to the corner of the field. And they were like, what was that? Who was that? How did that happen? And I mean, he was doing it, you know, the whole, like every, like the practices that we got to see. So he was super physical. He used his size really well. Um, it would be, he would just be another like good outside, true outside corner. Um, cause you know, with Brent Grimes being a free agent and then, you know, you have Carlton Davis, who's just going to be in his second year. Um, so to have someone else on that side, I almost think that of the secondary, you should be looking first at corners then at safeties. Um, as far as like what, what the needs are, I would love to see another true outside corner. Cause if you have Carlton Davis, who's like six one. You have another dude on the other side that's three, like, like opposing receivers are going to kind of be screwed <laughs> in that regard. <laughs> you, you know, if these guys can, can match up like that. So, so yeah, I really liked what, um, and I think a lot of other people did, um, liked what they saw out of Lonnie Johnson. And I mean, Kentucky had a good defense last year. Um, so if you, you know, talk about guys that kind of should be on the radar that aren't, I think, I think that he would definitely be one of them. Now, after the Super Bowl, there's kind of that football letdown. There's just there's we have nothing. Carmen, <laughs> oh, we have, we I have nothing. <laughs> but I know about a month. Uh, you know, uh, well, not even a month. Uh, three and a half weeks later, the combine kicks off in right. Indianapolis. Right. When you when you have the opportunity to watch the combine, you know, like. Like most people, I'm, I'm sure you'll be watching on, on NFL Network. I think you said that Scott will be the guy that, that goes and, and covers the combine for, for Buccaneers.com. What's your like, what, what is it that you're looking forward to seeing? Which position group? What, what's your favorite drill to watch? Or do you just kind of <laughs> have it on and just kind of take it all in and you know 
not you know glued to it the way you you will be on Sunday when when the Rams and the Patriots are playing. But yeah, you know, what is it about the combine that you really enjoy seeing? Um, I like big man forties. Big man forties. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I just I can't because the one dude that does run like a sub five, you're like, what? Like it's just like a dog walking on its hind legs or something. Like, it's just one of those like wonderful, <laughs> like, I don't know, like things of, I don't, it's just, that's my favorite thing is because, and this is, I don't necessarily take what um, you can see on, um, on TV as, I don't think there's as much value in that. The value in the combine really is, and this is what I've heard from like our scouts. And um, I, I talked to our director of college scouting, um, for an article at the, at the senior bowl, but really what these guys, I mean, these guys have been evaluating these players for months, if not years. Um, they have eyes on them, you know, from like very early on in their college careers, they have scouts scouring the country. So like all of this kind of serves as either a confirmation or a denial of what they think they know about these guys. So a lot of that comes through in the interviews. And what um, Mike Beal told me, who was our director of college scouting about the senior bowl is the interviews that they had were really only like 10 to 15 minute initial, like meet and greets essentially with these prospects, the ones that are at the senior bowl. Um, but the ones that they do at the combine are expensive and that's more where they get a lot longer with these guys. They are, cause I, I it was funny. Like I hate to kind of burst people's bubbles, about all of this, but like I saw a lot of tweets like, oh, well, this team talked to so and so, and this team talked to so and so. At the Senior Bowl, every team talked to everybody. Like mm-hmm. it wasn't like, you know, crazy thing for like the Bucks to have talked to a quarterback. It was like, no, they talked to everybody. But then when you get to the combine, it's like that's when you start doing those more lengthy one on one interviews where you're telling a guy to get up on a whiteboard with your coaches. You know, you're seeing where he really, like, where his mind is, and you're getting to know him very, like, on a very personal level, asking, you know, in-depth questions, questions that are, frankly, meant to throw them off, um, and to see how they respond to that kind of stuff. So, that's the cool part about the Combine, I think, um, and the most important part about the Combine, um, because, you know, guys can have measurables all they want, and, like, yeah, you get one guy that runs a 40, like, you know, crazy, like, you set the Combine record for the 40 or for a number of reps on the press on the bench press or something like that. But at the end of the day, like everyone has talent that's made it to the, has been invited to the combine. And what really sets you apart at the NFL level is what you have going on up in your brain. <laughs> so I think that that I wish that like, I mean, obviously it would never happen, but I wish that like you could just be a fly on the wall for the meeting more than the drill. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would be, I mean, that would be an awesome opportunity uh, to be able to sit in on some of those interviews, but I don't see that ever happening. Um, no, there's way too much personal information yeah. that you would never, never get you know, access to. Right. Um, well, great stuff as always, Carmen, and, and as always, we appreciate you coming on. Uh, what do you have mm-hmm. coming up at the site for, for the offseason? What are, what, are what are your plans here in the short term and long term um, there, there with the Buccaneers? Yeah, well, we're starting um, like maintenance draft season, so I've got some prospect profiles coming through. Scott and I are going to start our mock drafts again um, every other week, and then I'm going to do kind of roundups of what everyone is saying about who the Bucks are going to take as far as all of the um, 
draft experts, because um, that's always fun to see how much they change literally by the week. Um, so I actually have, but I will have some Q&As coming up with our new coaching staff. Um, I had a really great conversation with Byron Lefwich today, um, and I'm really excited about kind of getting some of the stuff that he, I was able to get out of him um, up onto the site. I've, I've talked to Harold Goodwin, so all our coordinators I'm doing a Q&A with, and then uh, we'll be sitting down with Coach Arian. So a lot of kind of coaching features to help everybody get to know our coaches. Um, and then lastly, though, I want, we just hired a new social media coordinator and her name is Jill Beckman and she was our intern for the season. And I am so, so, so beyond thrilled uh, that we were able to offer her a full-time position because she is just one of those people that she's, she's like very unassuming in person. And then I'll never forget the day like Meek Mill dropped his new album and I hear it coming from her cube and I'm like, excuse me, what? <laughs> so she's got this like undercover swag that like she just gets it and she, her and I got very close um during the season and I was not looking forward to saying goodbye and now I don't have to so I'm so happy that to say that Jill Beckman will be our new social media coordinator oh, that's, that's awesome. awesome yeah I know Carmen I, I told you a couple times during the season I, I kind of noticed uh the but the Buccaneer social media stuff uh from from years past, I think uh, kind of stepped up their game a little bit. So I don't know how much mm-hmm. she had to do with that, but yeah, definitely, um, definitely a good thing to see. She was solely responsible for Captain Fear during the season. So if uh, you notice any of his tweets, spoiler <laughs> alert, it was coming from a girl. <laughs> it's not from Fear himself, <laughs> but she uh, she did such a good job with that, and I'm so excited to see now that she'll be the more of the vo- our voice actually on our Twitter channels. I can't and, and Instagram and everything. I can't wait to see how she runs with that. Awesome. I, th- I think I actually had a full gif conversation of nothing but Jack Sparrow gifts with the Captain Fear Twitter account. Yeah. Sounds about right. Kudos to Jill. Well played. <laughs> yep. Yep. All right. Well, Carmen, I, I forgot to ask this of Paige yesterday, and David, I'm going off script here, and I apologize for nothing. Oh. Whoa. <laughs> um, can we get a prediction? What's going to happen Sunday? Who who wins? And uh, if, you're, if you're feeling a little zany, why don't you throw out an MVP as well? Wow. Um, okay. So I'm going to say the Rams. Oh. Uh, I know. I'm going against the grain here. And after we just off the air had a discussion about how I, you can't actually hate Tom Brady. And I know that Paige feels very similarly. Um, but I, I don't know. Like, it's, it's the defense that's the difference for me. So, I mean, Rams just have, a, they, when they want to be, a very stifling defense. I mean, they went all in, you know, got these, cra- got these crazy players. And, you know, to have... Aaron Donald and Adamican Sue on a defensive line is just insane. And I just think that, you know, if you can throw Tom Brady off and you can get that pressure on him, um, which I think that they'll figure out a way to do, I think that's going to end up being the difference. So um, MVP, let's, let's go all the way with this. Let's make it Aaron Donald. Love it. I'll go defensive MVP in a very often, what's supposed to be a very offensive game. All right. I like it. Yeah. David and I will be doing our, uh, 
our Super Bowl preview episode on Friday. So we'll save our predictions for then, but we'll we'll make sure to recap yours for all of our listeners. But Carmen, thank you so much for joining us yet again. It is always a pleasure to have you on. Of course. Thanks again for having me. I'm always happy to be here. All right. And of course, you can check out everything that Carmen is doing over at Buccaneers.com and make sure you're following her on Twitter at Carmi V. That's C-A-R-M-I-E letter V. Make sure you're checking out everything David and I are doing over at BucksNation.com. Make sure you follow along on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JayArco underscore Bucks, and at DH82 underscore Bucks. Our voicemails are piling up yet. Oh, oh, okay. Wait. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't congratulate you guys on having the winning the beauty for best books podcast. Oh, well, thank you. We appreciate that. I was so, <laughs> I was so excited for you guys. We were that's uh, like, that's hard. I mean, the, the beauties are put on by a bucks podcast and to win, <laughs> to win. <laughs> yes. Best podcast over the podcast that started the awards. That's a pretty uh, good accomplishment. guys. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, it, it came as quite a shock, but, you know, we were we were very appreciative and, and it meant a lot that, you know, it was voted on on by the fans. And so it, it showed that, you know, what we're doing and, and bringing on guests such as yourself really resonates with them and they enjoy the content. And it was yeah, it was it was an honor. I'm so happy for you guys. I contend it was probably the guests that got us the votes. Actually. I so. think it was. Oh, now we're deflecting. Come on, <laughs> just own it. <laughs> yeah, but now now the pressure's on. Now the pressure's True. on. We have, to, we have a title to defend, which means we really have to step the game up. Ooh. <laughs> so we're going to need you and Paige to give us some of that Chicago Michael Jordan magic so we can, we can string together some titles here. There, there you go. Some repeats, repeats. Yep, yep. <laughs> All right, make sure that you're sending in your voicemails to 813-444-5841. As I said, they're piling up. David and I are going to get to them, we promise. But we had to make sure that we had Carmen and Paige on to talk a little Senior Bowl before we get into our Super Bowl preview. So, again, thank you, Carmen, for joining us. And thank you all for joining us right here at Lockdown Bucks. Don't slip up or get cut. Why not, man? I'm coming for that number one spot. All right. Rappers swearing they on top. Uh-uh, uh-uh. But I'm coming for that number one spot. All right, man. Scheme, scheme, plot, plot. Say what? I'm coming for that number one spot. Hey, keep it going, it won't stop. What you doing, man? I'm coming for that number one spot. Yes, indeed. Ludacris, I'm hotter than Nevada.